What's up, Magic fans? This is Mackenzie Thurkill of the Orlando Magic in Fox Sports, Florida, and you're listening to the Penny for Your Thoughts podcast from my favorite guys across the pond at Orlando Magic UK. Now it's over to Geraint, Mikey, and Paul. Go Magic! What's good, Magic fans? Welcome. Happy New Year. And as we say in Wales, Bloydin Newid Tha to episode 15 of Orlando Magic UK's podcast, Penny for Your Thoughts. I'm joined as usual by my uh, two friends, Mikey Clark. Evening, Geraint. Yeah, I'm good, buddy. Thank you. Good stuff. And Mr. Paul Bacon. How are you, mate? Very well, my friend. Very well, thank you. All good here. Excellent. Glad to hear it. Um, and we're honoured to have joined the podcast today, TV and digital reporter for the Orlando Magic and also a member of Fox Sports Florida, a lady we're lucky to meet um, before Game 3 of the Toronto series back in April 2019. And that's Mackenzie Thurkill. Welcome. Thank you guys for having me. I'm really excited. Oh, that's cool. It's our, ple- our pleasure. So um, just a little bit of housekeeping. Um, we just got to run through the weekly magic news and uh, as always we start with injuries that have occurred unfortunately so um, a couple uh, of things to note Terence Ross returned on Saturday um, from his um, slight injury after missing one game against the 76ers uh, Chuma Okiki left the game in the fourth quarter against the 76ers on the Thursday um, he uh, sustained a bone bruise to his left knee and he could be gone for several weeks. Um, that is the same knee that he had the torn ACL, but no damage was um, done to the ACL, apparently. Um, in other news, Evan Fournier left the same game against the 76ers on the Thursday in the first quarter with back spasms. He did not return um, and he didn't feature in the games against OKC on Saturday or the win against the Cavaliers on, well, last night now. Um, and lastly, James Ennis, uh, he's nearing return to court time, uh, says his recovery is going well in respect of his calf and hamstring injury, and he's eager to return once his conditioning catches up. So that is welcome news. So let's bring us on to our special guest. So, um, for those uh, of you who don't know Mackenzie, could you give us a quick introduction of yourself, Mackenzie, and your job and uh, what it entails? Yeah, sure. So, I am predominantly the digital reporter and host for the Orlando Magic. So, I do what it sounds like, all the digital reporting for us. So, that means Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. I do a lot of those videos giving information about what's kind of going on with the team, whether it's interviews or previewing upcoming games. I also do spots for Fox Sports Florida. So I am on some of the broadcasts at times during the season. I host some of the Inside the Magic shows that we do that are on Fox Sports Florida. And really it's just kind of being around basketball all the time. That's really my job is just being able to enjoy the team and basketball and just talk sports all the time. Oh, it's a fun job and um, one one we're all very envious of, I think. (laughs) Yeah, not a bad gig, can't (laughs) complain for sure. Oh, true. Um, so I've, I've got a couple of questions, if you'd be so kind. Uh, so from doing my research, I gather you've had an interest in sports from a very young age. Can you tell us about growing up, uh, you know, as a sports fan um, and your favourite teams sort of growing up? 
Yeah. So I really started to fall in love with sports when I lived in South Florida. So I know a lot of Magic fans don't appreciate this, but I actually grew up a Miami Heat fan and was like a big time Miami Heat fan. Um, Really all of my teams are South Florida based. So I'm a Dolphins fan, which has been up until this past year, not great. Uh, I've been a Marlins fan, Panthers fan, really all of that. So it was more, I kind of started when I was like six my neighbors at the time were season ticket holders. My parents aren't really big like sports fans. So my neighbors were really the ones that got me into it. And I just kind of fell in love with it. I think more or less because of numbers. I love numbers. Like I really like stats and it just made sense to me. And I think I just like the action of it all. And pretty much that's where it started and it's never left since. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. I did um, listen to you on the Ozone podcast from middle of last year I think mm-hmm. and, and you did mention the heat in that and I thought oh no well, there we go but you yeah, did say that if the, <laughs> the magic play the heat it's, yeah. it's Orlando all the way and yeah. there was one quote that really really I liked was that you really disliked the LA Lakers so uh, we've got something in common there yeah I do not like the Lakers ever since I was a kid it's really it's weird it's not even so much the Lakers it's any teams that have purple and gold as their colors it's like a weird thing that I which is really odd for me to say considering I worked for Orlando City and their colors are purple and gold and I remember when I first started working there I was like this goes against everything I've like hated in my entire (laughs) life and I had to get over it very quickly so they're really my only team that I make an exception for is Orlando City Oh, that's cool. That's cool. So how did you get the job with the Magic? You just touched on the, you started with Orlando City, but what was your journey into, you know, journalism? So I'll start with the first question. How did I get my job at the Magic? Oddly, it was actually David Steele. So David Steele apparently saw me doing one of my broadcasts for Orlando City and unspinnown me at the time, I didn't realize that they were already in the talks because they were getting ready for their 30th anniversary, which they knew was going to be like a big to do where they were going to have a lot of content coming out where they were like, we should really bring someone in to do the more of like the digital side of things. So I guess David had seen one of my broadcasts with Orlando City and then talked to my now boss and was like, hey, like there's this girl, she's out of Orlando City. Like, I think she would be really, really good for us. So I just got an email about it and we just kind of started going back and forth. And then six months later, I started working for the magic. So actually it was a really, it was a very welcoming email to see. And it was very exciting because it's just a new sport to cover and a new challenge. And it was fun to make that transition in terms of my journey into journalism Sports broadcasting is something I had always wanted to do ever since I was little, just because I love sports. I knew I was never good enough to be a professional athlete. (laughs) So I was like, well, why not? I like talking about sports. I always enjoyed it. So it's just always kind of stayed in the back of my head. And then when I was 21, I was like, okay, if I want to do this, I need to start looking for a job. Oddly, went onto Craigslist, saw the sketchiest ad where it was like sports reporter needs assistant has book coming out must be okay with cats and dogs works from home. And I was like, "Mm, (laughs) mm, this looks a little suspect. I don't know if I should apply for this. It's Craigslist. Like who knows what could happen. I sat on it for like two weeks, finally sent the email. 
lo and behold, it was Christy Dosh, who at the time was a business reporter for ESPN, had a book coming out. So I worked for her, worked under her for a year. Her now husband worked at the radio station in Jacksonville. So it kind of, I just started like going from like one thing to the next. So it's like, was with her. And then I went to the radio station and was like, hi, I know nothing about radio. Can I come work for you for free? And they were like, okay, yeah, sure. Like just come in like whenever you can, we'll like kind of show you the ropes and went from that to then being on the morning show as a co-host to then working across the street with the TV station and just trying my hand at being on camera. I had never been on camera and then it just kind of like one thing after another just things kind of started happening cool that's yeah. great yeah and um, the boys have got questions Paul yeah I just as, as Garan said the last time we met was uh the playoffs game three um if memory says right you interviewed us in the Disney atrium yeah the the arena was absolutely full of fans. The atmosphere was loud. It was passionate. How different is it in the Amway at the moment um, with, what is it, about 4,000 fans? Yeah. you've spoken to has actually been in the Amway with fans. So I actually, it's funny you asked that. I actually just walked into the arena for the first time on Saturday during the OKC game. So that was my first time being in there to see it. And it was, I don't even know if I could find the right words for it. It was a little, it was sad. Like I was so, don't get me wrong, so happy. So happy to be back in there. I'm so happy we have basketball, happy to have my job. Like I'm happy fans were actually to be in attendance, but like to be there, you're like, wow, I don't even recognize this. Like it's so completely different. Like we as media are three, four floor three to four floors away from the guys. So we're not even like close to them. Everyone's spread out. You have the sound pumped in and trust. And that's kind of one of those things. Like it's everyone's doing the best of their abilities. And I totally understand that, but like you miss, you miss what it was like last season. So it's definitely different in the sense of how quiet it is. Pardon? There's much of an atmosphere. Is there a lot of cheering and shouting from the fans? There is, there's definitely still like sound, like the fans definitely, they compensate for like there being a lack of fans, which was like, I was really like happy to see that, that they are still like doing everything they can to make it as much of an atmosphere for the guys as possible. It's just different. And I mean, hopefully, hopefully we can get back to normal because I love game days. Like I love the sound of like fans, like standing up at the beginning of the fourth quarter, everyone just being really loud when like a crazy play happens. Like that's what it's all about. It's like those like seconds of when you just feel the adrenaline in the building, like those are the best moments. And unfortunately we can't like have that fully right now, but we do what we can. And at least we have fans where so many of the other teams in the league have no fans. <laughs> Cool, thank you. Yeah. Mikey, I think you're up next, mate. Yeah, I, I don't know if you remember that interview you did with us when we were inside that Disney atrium, but uh, there's a funny story out of that because you interviewed all three of us and, uh, and our phones started blowing up later in the middle of the game because people were posting the video of us being interviewed uh, before the game. And, yeah. uh, and Geraint got cut out in the middle of the video. So it was just me and Paul in the middle of it. <laughs> so G, and I was sharing a room with G with the time we were in Orlando. 
And I don't think you let it go, mate, have you? Even, <laughs> even to no, now. No, it was cool. <laughs> no, I, I probably had a, too, a few too many beers in the afternoon leading up to the game. So probably slurring my words. I, I put it down to your Welsh accent. They couldn't understand what you were saying. But uh... Maybe. I mean, <laughs> if you were slurring your words and it was up to me, I would have put that in the video. Because I'd be like, look at our fans having a blast before this game. Like, that's what you should be doing. If I was a fan, I'd be like, yeah, let's go get some beers before this game. Like, absolutely. So if you were drunk, I don't blame you. <laughs> No, thank you. We'd had a few. We'd had a few by that time. Um, so as a two-part question, pre-COVID, what was what's a typical game day look like for you? For those who don't know like what a, a normal day's like working for the magic. So normal day pre-COVID. So you would have the guys would ho- have shoot around in the morning. So you kind of get there, they do shoot around, you walk in for the last like five minutes essentially and at that point they pull Steve Clifford first usually he kind of will talk like this is what we did this is like kind of about the game like normal coach coaching questions essentially about kind of like what we can expect for the evening we start to pull players and then you have a gap between about I would say 11 45 to about five and that's usually either when People are cutting video to like put up online or we're all just trying to prepare. You see a lot of people go home and we'll take naps. So it's like a lot of the media members have the same routine as players where we show up for shoot around. We go home, take a nap, get ready for the game, come back to the arena. And then at 515, Steve Clifford talks again. And then the away coach will talk. And then by that point, after the away coach talks, then I usually would have been start walking to the court to get ready for our Facebook Live pregame show. And then Facebook Live pregame show, and then that leaves about mm, an hour before tip-off. And at that point, you kind of just like start getting comfortable. You like make your rounds a little bit, depending on what else was like going on that day. If it's like a Fox Sports Florida, if I'm on Fox Sports Florida that night, it's me like going to the truck to make sure I know where I need to be even though we already had a production meeting in the morning and then tip off is at seven. And then after the game, post game availability, you go into the locker room and then you're done. <laughs> and you, and, and obviously since COVID and you said you only went back into the arena on Saturday, what, mm-hmm. what, how different was that day for you? It was super different. So one, so you, no one really goes to shoot on cause we do everything via zoom now. So you don't even like, see the players to do anything but now when you go to the arena it's like you have to go onto the app to be like are you sick have you been around anyone who has covid da, 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 da. you get there you go to a tent they check your temperature <laughs> like i was a mess on saturday because i had no idea what i was doing um also i answered all of the questions wrong because i wasn't reading them properly <laughs> and i got in trouble so they were like er, can't let you into the arena you're sick i was like I, i'm not sick anyways um so we have an app that we have to go through And then everything is separated now. So at least for media, we have like different levels in which we're allowed to be on. So if you're on the floor, you can only stay on the floor the whole entire day. Like you can't go any, you can't go to the second floor. You can't go anywhere. So where our offices for like our communications department and like the social media side of things is on the seventh floor. So like all of our camera guys, everything's on the seventh floor, but all our camera guys that day are on the first floor. So there's no, like you like can go almost an entire season without like potentially seeing somebody on a gate, like, cause you just don't see them 
on game days. So for me now, like I can only be on like the fourth to seventh floor. And it's just, everyone is just separated. Our foods in boxes, like it's just different. Like it's so different. Oh man. Yeah. When you, you, one of the things I'm actually missing is the Facebook Live pre-show game. I really used to like that. The interaction between yourself and Paige or uh, with Jeff when he came in. Yeah. Is there any hopes of that sort of thing returning? Yeah, we actually plan on bringing that back. We're still like working on the logistics because like I said, people have to be on one floor. So the people who used to shoot it are now on the first floor. And so we're still just, we're just trying to figure out logistically where we can shoot, where it also aesthetically just like looks good and who can shoot it. But yeah, we're, Paige and I are definitely pushing for that. So hopefully like we're doing Instagram live right now where her and I kind of like switch off, but we're trying to get Facebook live back for home games. So I would say hopefully within the next like few weeks that that's back up and running. Oh, quality. Cause we used, we used to share it on the, on the, on Orlando Magic UK's uh, Facebook site and on Twitter and all this sort of thing. So we used to like it. So yeah. hopefully it comes back. We really would like it. Yeah, Paige and I definitely want it to come back because her and I, like I said, we're doing the Instagram live, which is awesome and we love it. But her and I are so much better when we can like bounce off of each other. And so we're both like, we need each other to do this. <laughs> like, <laughs> so yeah, like I said, hopefully in the next couple of weeks, it'll be back up. And talking- so I was going to say, because you do have such a good interaction between one another. Mm-hmm. It, it's kind of like this where it's for yourself and Paige, it's two mates talking about yeah. the game coming up and that's what we we have here with this so it's, it's something that we miss and we do like it hopefully it's yeah, back thanks and and you mentioned it earlier about uh inside the magic that is one episode well, that's one program we do not get access to so we're going to make a request can you see if we can get it whether it can go on youtube or something because we never get to see inside the magic over here it's one yeah i've actually had like inquired about that because i remember when this was two seasons ago, we did like the Evan Fournier show and we went to Paris to shoot it. And so many people were asking about it. So I've been like, I'm always like, Hey, is there people are asking like people outside of Florida, like want to watch us. So yeah, I always try to push that, but unfortunately I don't have that much pull with putting it (laughs) on with Fox sports, Florida and the logistics and the laws and the rules and all that. (laughs) But I'm trying. <laughs> yeah, um, I've got another another one for you. If you'd be so kind, um, you spend a lot of time with the players. Are there any players you get along with, you know, the best? I know you had a podcast yeah, I with DJ. Say, yeah, um, I would say at the time DJ, just because I was able to do the podcast with him, um, Evan, and that I think traces back a lot to being able to do that inside the Magic Show, going to Paris and hanging out with him and like his family and like getting to know everybody. Um, I really like Vooch. Vooch probably wouldn't say that we're like really friends because to like them, we're just like media members, but I really like Vooch because I always give him a hard time because he always has like matching track suits. And so every time I see him, I'm like, oh, new tracksuit, huh? Like, and I always just like appreciate that. And then I would also say, Terrence I like I really enjoy talking to him as well too those would probably be like the main guys and AG AG is a good one to talk to also 
So all of them. <laughs> all of them, yeah. And, like those are, I mean, those are the guys who have like, those are like so many of the core guys. So those are the guys I just mm. interview a lot. So because you're getting more like reps with them, you just really create more of a relationship with them because of it. Whereas like, I haven't even like talked to Cole yet or Chuma. Like I haven't even like spoke to them yet. So like, they probably have no um, idea who I like even am. So it's hard for me to like base it off anything except for the guys who I've just like had more of a longstanding relationship with. Yeah. Oh, no, that's cool. Thank you. Um, I'll just move on to uh, our next section. We just have a little uh, game reviews. So since our last podcast, we played three games, the first of which was the 76ers on New Year's Eve. Uh, Paul's going to recap that one for us. Yes. Um, the first loss of the season, 116 to 92. Just say in, some, in sports, some nights, everything's going to go wrong and you're going to get battered. This was one of those. Uh, we lost... Terence before the game, as we've already said. Mo got hit in the head um, in practice. Wasn't feeling well, so he couldn't join him. You knew it was going to be one of those nights when four minutes in, Ben Simmons hits a three. Okay, <laughs> This is not going to be our night. Let's just play this one out and let's go home. Um, Suslaw, Markel has a stinker. Um, we threw so many bricks, you could have built a wall under the basket we were aiming at. Uh it, just not great. Evan limps off uh, with the back spasms. By the end of the first half, we were getting, I was quite pleased that we actually didn't overtake the Clippers for the halftime deficit record. Uh, <laughs> even though we did actually manage to set our own deficit record for halftime score. <laughs> it was just, it, I, I remember writing up the review and it finishing off with a section called Magic Silver Linings. And my God, was that a reach trying to actually find something. The best thing I could come up with was that we won the second half. Um, and Vooch got his, at that point, fourth double-double of the season. Uh, Cole Anthony picked his game up in the second half, finished on 16 points, which was a career high. But again, it was just, the night was just summed up when in the fourth quarter, Dwight Howard manages to nail a three-pointer as well. It's like, you know, if the, if our pantomime villain is hitting three-pointers, he's, what, tenth of his career, you know full well it's time to pack up and go home and move on to the next one. And that's about it. That's, that's, you know, we could go into all the stats of it all, but, you know, we all know, and we moved on. That was a great summary. Shoot. <laughs> that was a better summary than I would have given. I would have been like... <laughs> I just don't want to talk about it. We lost. It was last year. <laughs> 2021. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, yeah, that's one of the things we do. We go through the wins and we're, we're all smiling, but unfortunately we've got to deal with the losses, um, which brings me on to the next game. Um, so I'm taking this one. And this is the one I didn't want to lose because my brother is an Oklahoma City fan. So um, um, no Fournier, as you've said, no Okiki. Um some highlights, Vucevic got 30 and 13, Terence Ross 26 and 6. But when we have Fultz, Bacon, Michael Carter-Williams and Cole Anthony shooting 10 for 45 um, and only ending up with four players in double figures, uh, you know it's going to be a long night. Um, credit to Oklahoma, uh, they're a young team, come out trying to showcase what they can do, uh, playing with no fear. Um, they played well, six players in double digits. 
including Baisley with 19, uh, George Hill, 18, Gilgis Alexander with 16, and then you've got Maladon, Diatolo and Horford with 12. Um, for me, it came down to the fourth quarter. We were in the game, um, but the ball movement stopped. We tried to play a little bit of hero ball, um, and Oklahoma just passed it around, got the best shots, made them, um, and that's what it was. Um, I think we missed Evan Fournier significantly, uh, something I've been preaching for a couple of weeks, how important he is to the offence. Um, but a little bit like the Philadelphia game, you know, Mama said there'd be days like this. So, um, yeah. How about you, um, Mackenzie? You were at that game. Yeah, that the fourth quarter is a perfect summary. I remember I was trying to take a video during the fourth quarter, and every time I would video us, we would miss the basket, and I was like, I can't put this. I can't put this. And then I'd be like, all right, let's try again. Next possession. Nope, same thing. I was like, all right, this is, we'll wrap this up. But I mean, kudos to OKC. Like they were just attacking us on defense and they like put a lot of pressure on us throughout because they, they were drawing fouls. They were bringing the defense in to then kick the ball back out. And that's like, I mean, that's what really got us at the end of the night. I do think of course, like missing the guys we were with Evan. I agree with you. I think Evan actually contributes a lot offensively to our game. I know there's a lot of fans who would, disagree with that statement because you always see the rumors where everyone's like get rid of Evan but I'm like <laughs> we've been winning when he's been on the court so getting him back will hopefully be good. yeah he's really shown his value by not playing hasn't he like four mm-hmm. and oh well no what are we now four and, four and yeah four five and two no, no, I'm just trying five. to think five and two yeah so we're one and two without him four and oh with him mm-hmm. so um yeah. yeah. And also OKC uh, is not a game you should be losing considering like not to like hate on OKC, but they are in a rebuild year and they're not where they were. Like they're like, there really isn't any reason to be losing on home court to a team like OKC who you just beat earlier in the week. So. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Um, that brings us on to last night's encounter with the Cavaliers. Mr. M- Mr. Clark. Yeah. First blowout win of the season. Uh, we got off to a good start, 10-0 and start, and then we sort of started turning the ball over. I think we had five turnovers in, in the first and second quarter, which is really unlike us because we're first in the league in, in turnovers with 11.7. Uh, Aaron Gordon had a come-out game, uh, had a coming-out party, really. Uh, he got 24 points, 11 rebounds, shot six for nine from three, which considering he only went three from 20 for the re- <laughs> for the first five games uh he looked like he had his legs under him last night now he's the, the minutes restriction starting to come off um and and he's 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 just looking he wasn't getting he was getting his shots in in the flow of the offense he wasn't forcing anything um and he gave the ball he, he moved the ball around when it when it wasn't moving um i thought i thought he was outstanding he really really helped us last night vooch had another um, strong game. Um, if he keeps going like this, he's gonna he's gonna make the All Star team. I know there's not going to be an All Star game this year, um, but 23 points, eight rebounds, uh, nine for 16 from the floor. Um, but it's really the third quarter that kick started uh, the win, wasn't it? We were up by two at the halftime, but then Fultz come out off that uh, Gordon screen, drove to the basket, and had that big dunk straight after halftime, and that really sort of sparked us. Um, and we went on to, to hit 15 threes, including Clark and Bacon. Both of them made a three last night. Um, 
Cole Anthony looked good last night. He had that massive block on Colin Sexton. I think it was, was it in the fourth quarter? Um, mm. When he went up and rejected him. Um, and I think one of the players who's probably been um, not underrated, but maybe um, gone under the radar a little bit to start the season is Ken Birch. He had a really, really, really nice game last night. 12 points, 12 rebounds, but he's filled in well since Mo's obviously been playing to start the season. Um, but I think he's been solid and we saw a little bit of uh, Vooch and Kem playing together for for stretches last night. And I think it's something Clifford wanted to do. But if you think, I think he would, when the, I start again, I can't talk tonight. Um, the way he wanted to go about it last year, though, it didn't really work. Whereas I think Ken needs to be playing in the paint and Vooch is the player that's, that's holding out on the perimeter. So it helps with that space and a bit more. But anyway. But uh, yeah, Magic won 103 to 83, uh, now five and two with the Cavs again on Wednesday. Were you at the game? Pardon? Were you at the game last night? No, I wasn't. I actually stayed home last night just because I was like, am I needed? Because they're again, like I said, they're still trying to like figure everything out. And I had a bunch of appointments I had to be at yesterday. So to get there just didn't physically make sense for it but no I wasn't there which kind of then worries me because I'm like okay the one game I've been to we lost <laughs> like <laughs> what does this mean like if I go back and we lose again like should I just like not go to the arena for the rest of the season like because I am really weird about that like I will definitely I'll be like mm, I superstitious super oh yeah like yeah. there's been times where like I've worn an outfit twice and we've lost I'm like I can't wear that <laughs> Well, like, did you, well, you might not have heard this, Mackenzie, but last week, we, when we were on the four-game winning streak, Paul wore his uh, first jersey that you ever bought, and you wore it four consecutive times, didn't you? And yep. you were telling everybody that you'd be wearing it until we lost. Now, lucky for, for Paul's wife, um, he's probably put it in the wash now. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> I think I sent you guys a live photo of the... Uh, action happening in the well, in the laundry basket as that as that jersey hit the laundry basket after that OKC defeat it needed it could walk there itself it was ready to go steaming was it <laughs> but on on the games that we've had so far got to mention how good Cole Anthony is from the free throw line 19. Yeah, I feel like our team in general from the free throw line this season yeah. has just been absolutely spectacular which I mean that's a free point. Like those are free points, like given to you. Like, and I think that's such a big deal. One to be drawing the fouls to like get to the line. Like we have, cause I know that was something that Steve Clifford really harped on the last like few seasons, like draw fouls to get to the line. Cause you get more shots, you get more opportunities. And we've been doing a really, really good job about, of that for sure. And as you said, Michael, the other thing is, um, Vooch, you, I, I Took a little look at his stats this afternoon. Um, they're through the ceiling. He's second in the plus-minus uh, behind Jokic. That's the only player who has a better plus-minus than him. Um, he's fifth in player efficiency. He's averaging 11 rebounds per game, which is 10th in the league. Uh, he's tied seventh with 60 field goals this season which is and he, the players he's tied with are Paul George, LeBron James, CJ McCollum and Brandon Ingram. That's some pretty good company. Uh, mm-hmm. And of the 
775 points the Magic have scored, Vooch has 152 of them, including five wow. double-doubles. It's not very often when, when your offence is struggling, you think, we'll give it to our centre. There aren't many teams that you can do that with. And last, he's, he's added that little turnaround fadeaway as well over his shoulder, which I think he hit a couple last night in the second half. But no, he's been, he's been brilliant. He's so yeah. crucial to our offence, which is such a pro and a con in a way. It's a pro because obviously he's stellar and he's absolutely stellar for us as a centre. And at the same time, when we don't have him, which we have seen in the past, when he's not available to us because our whole entire offense runs through him, it puts us not in a good position. So it's a pro and a con having a player like him in those instances. And also when you also then play other big teams that go up against him and give him a hard time, yeah. it makes a difference. You said you loved the stats there, Mackenzie. So uh, Paul's hopefully... Uh giving you some good stats i like um, it <laughs> i think i enjoy um, them I enjoy them as well so just looking at what we predicted last week because uh, in week one uh, paul predicted four and oh well done uh, nobody got it right this week uh, mikey went three and oh i went two and one as did paul so we went one and two for the week so, looking ahead now, we have three games before our next podcast, which we'll be recording on Sunday. Um, we play the Cleveland Cavaliers on Wednesday. Uh, that is a midnight tip in the UK. You have to get used to this, Mackenzie. We've got to stay up until all hours on end just to watch the games. I used to live overseas. I know, but I lived in Asia, so I was at a 12-hour difference. Wow. So I would like wake up to like watch games. Like it'd be like, okay, we're waking up at like 5 a.m. to watch the Super Bowl. Like, so trust me, I understand the wonky times. Yeah, cool. Um, then we play, we travel to Houston to play the Rockets on Friday the 8th. Uh, that is a 1 a.m. early Saturday morning tip. Uh, that is followed by a road game in Dallas. So that's Saturday, but that'll be 1.30 a.m. on Sunday morning for us. Uh, Paul, I'll hand it over to you to preview the Cleveland game. Okay, so um, in all honesty, there's not a deal to add from what we've discussed as part of the review. Um, look, in our preview of the Eastern Conference on the website, we wrote, um, they certainly have some nice pieces. We're battling games and expect them to be getting another, expect them to be getting another high lottery pick. And let's be fair, we saw last night that they'll battle they're a tenacious team but even after losing last night the the Cavs are still ranking second in the defensive ratings they are a tenacious stubborn team uh, the number of turn turnovers that they managed to force from us and that's going to be the danger again because they have got very very active hands if they the danger with them is if you allow their defence to get on top and they can manage to start getting the offence rolling. You are in some really difficult position to actually bring a game back. Colin Sexton has come on so much. He is yeah. a very dangerous player. Um, I know that he didn't play last night, but Darius Garland is another good player. Um, he's averaging 17.2 points per game. And... We all know how good a centre Andre Drummond is. Uh, Vooch had a really good battle with him last night. That was entertaining to watch. 
Um, but then you look at some of the other pieces that they've got, Larry Nance Jr., JaVel McGee, Sadie Osman, um, Don Maker, Damian Dotson. They can all contribute. They've got some dangerous players. The problem that they've got is their extensive injury. I mean, we think we've got an injury problem. Their injury list is ridiculous. Kevin Love's out long-term with a calf injury. Uh, Dylan Winder, obviously, uh, Dante Exum limped off last night. That looked really painful. I hate to see players pull up in the way that he did there. That looked, that looked really uncomfortable. Uh, there's a possibility of some of their players returning. Um, Della Vadova, he was out with concussion. Kevin Porter Jr. was out on a personal matter. Their um, number five draft pick, Akora, he was questionable for last night with a foot injury. So who knows, we may see him back. And as we've mentioned already, Garland, um, he missed last night with a shoulder strain, so he could return. For me, if we do the basics well against the Cavs, we will win. We play at our pace, we make a reasonable field goal percentage, we hit some threes, we don't foul too much, we reduce the number of turnovers that we actually suffered, and we get the defence functioning in anything like our our best, then we're gonna we're gonna win for me. Um and last night it was nice to see that finally as a team we got some blocks going because that's been ridiculous. The whole it, it's shown the whole that um Jonathan Isaac's absence and Mo Bamba has left in the defence. Um, so fingers crossed, we can Booch had, we can get. Booch had three blocks last night. Yeah, that yeah. never happens. I, 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 <laughs> I, th- I think this is one that we uh, can get. Um, you look at the rebounding game is going to be so important, and at the moment the Magic are rating tenth in the league for rebound for total rebounds, uh, and Vooch is up there in the league as leaders on uh, the offense, on the defensive end of rebounding. He's so important for us. And I think that we can win this one. Really do. Brilliant. Um, we then travelled to Houston. Mikey? Yeah, Friday, 1am uh, tip-off, so even later for us. Uh, they've started two and three. Um, they're coming off a 113-100 to 100 loss last night against the Mavs. Um, and then they play Indiana um, on Wednesday before they see us. Um, they had an opening uh, opening night. They got their, their their game postponed through COVID. I think they had less than eight players available, so that game got cancelled. Uh, they lost to Denver and Portland before they beat uh, Sacramento back-to-back. Um, James Harden, is he going to be there by Friday or Saturday? Is he going to be there for another month? I don't know. Um Quickly before we go on, does anybody think he's going to get moved before the deadline? I nice think, if he I was moved. Play him. I think he's there. Yeah. I don't think he's going anywhere. No. no, I don't either. But it'd be nice if they did a trade on Thursday night and there'd be literally like seven <laughs> players left. <laughs> That's the hope, isn't it? <laughs> I, I don't think he's going. No. You know um, he's not one of my favourite players. I don't like him. I'm, I'm not a fan of him at all. I put this out. I, I'll put it bluntly. I think he's a cheat. Uh, oh, he, okay. He, just fall, he, he falls to the floor. He get he travels all the while. And he falls to the floor. I'm not a fan. So, so does like Kyle Lowry. Lowry. <laughs> uh, mate, this, the same argument goes for Kyle Lowry. I don't like him either. So let's. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good pull. Shots fired. 
Yeah. That's cool. Uh, that's a great pull. I but, haven't uh, heard that in a while. <laughs> but I put, I put this out on Twitter the other day. Interestingly enough, just staying on that subject slightly, we uh, was it Brian Windhorse actually put us in rumours with James Harden as a possible team that could trade for him, which I don't see happening at all. I don't think any of us would want to see that happen, but there we go. Um, if it does, if it does happen, can we just edit that last bit I've said out? <laughs> <laughs> we love you, James. As, as I'm wearing a Harden shirt. <laughs> You know, Mackenzie says she's got her own bloopers reel. That's going in yours, Paul. <laughs> oh, God, mine's full anyway, mate. <laughs> With all that video of me attempting a floss. Mate, we're going to have to post that out very soon. <laughs> we're leaving people hanging on for that too long. Uh, uh, yeah, so <laughs> going back on to Houston. So we split last season, the series one, to, uh, one all. Um, we had that memorable blowout on the road last year. Uh, just before the hiatus when uh, the Houston announcers basically called us a mediocre team and uh, yeah they deserved everything they got last year so they're going to get more of it on Friday cool. the, interesting, the interesting thing about this game this upcoming Friday game so this is behind the scenes information so when coaches and this usually goes for like almost every team so you have your head coach and your assistant coaches and your assistant coaches do your scouts for your game. So usually the head assistant coach that you see interview for us at halftime is usually the one that's their game to scout. So last season when we played Houston, our coach that scouted that game actually now works for Houston. Okay. Right. So that will be really interesting to now see like us going up against Houston keeping almost a lot of the same roster that we had when we played them last year. Yeah. But now the coach that scouted that game will be the coach for the Rockets. Oh. <laughs> I wasn't aware of that. Yeah. No, that's very interesting. Yeah. yeah. A little behind the scenes for you. But yeah, the, the Rockets have actually been, it's they've been really interesting to watch given everything that's going on. Cause that game that they played in Portland was a good game. I don't know if you guys like followed any of it, but they like, went into overtime with the trailblazers and like, just like narrowly lost because James Harden, like essentially just like missed a shot in the paint. <laughs> and yeah, like, it, was a cra- it was a crazy game considering the fact that they really only had like eight players to work with. Yeah. For that. Yeah. Anything that they are achieving at the moment with the number of players they have is quite phenomenal. Yeah. It is. And I mean, I like you, they have like John Wall now coming off the bench. They have Boogie Cousins coming off the bench. Like they have like good, they have a good second unit now. But one thing that's really also, cause I've like, obviously have started like my prep for like those games coming up is that the Rockets. So in first half points, they're third in the league, but in second half points, they're 28th. So there's a huge discrepancy between like how well they do in the first half compared to how well they do in the second half. And I don't know if that's they're not making the right like second half adjustments or like what's so much going into that. Obviously they have James Harden who's leading the lead and league in points per game. And again, who knows if he'll actually be there on Friday, given everything that we hear day in and day out. But I just thought that was like a really interesting stat considering that they're good in the first half and not so great in the second. That's cool. We'll keep an eye on that one then. So, um, we got a back-to-back then after the Houston game. We play the Dallas Mavericks. We're currently three and four. 
they're coming off, um, as Mikey mentioned, uh, a game against the Rockets where they won 113 to 100. Um, they've been a little bit indifferent the last couple of couple of games. Lost to Chicago. That was without Luka Doncic, 118-108. They beat Miami, 93-83. Um, and then they lost to Charlotte, 118-99. to So it remains to be seen what team turns up. Porzingis isn't playing. Um, remains to be seen if Luca plays. I expect he will. Um, our dear friend Wes Iwundu is playing spot minutes um, for the Mavericks. Um, and they go with the starting lineup of Doncic, Josh Richardson, Willie Colley-Stein, Dorian Finney-Smith and Maxi Kleber, who had uh, quite a game against us last year, I believe. Um, so that brings us on to predictions for these three games. So I'm going to go to Mackenzie first. What are you saying, Mackenzie? I'm going to say, I'm going to say 2-1, us. And the only reason why I say that is because the games against the Rockets, I think we take Cleveland tomorrow, but it's the Mavs-Rockets game. I think we can get one because the Mavs are playing small right now with their starting five, and that gives us the advantage with Vooch. And also, Finney Smith and Powell are the highest individual, are giving like two of the like highest individual opponent field goal percentages in the restricted area, which we can like use to our advantage. So I think we can take one of those in Texas. So 2-1. Awesome. Cool. Mikey? I'm going to go 3-0 and again. I like it. <laughs> I'm going 3-0 like again. Wow. Yeah. I I actually was thinking 2-1, thinking we were going to, the same as McKenzie. I thought we, I think we're going to beat Cleveland. And I do fancy us against Houston. But now you just said about how they're playing small. McKenzie just swung it for me, so I'm going 3-0. You're there welcome. We, <laughs> <laughs> we now go 3-0, I want that credit. You get it. <laughs> Paul? I'll go 2-1. Two, two us. I'm not be I'm not going the other way. I'm not be I'm not predicting a losing trip. No. I I'll also stick with two and one. That was my prediction. And again, like what you said, take one of the games in Texas. Um either or will do. Um so that and that would bring us on to then the gauntlet of next week with Milwaukee. Boston twice and Brooklyn, I believe. So, um, yeah, okay, we'll see how that pans out. Um, we just got one mailbag question. This is from Barry Conn on Facebook. So, I'll put this out to you all. How do we get Bamba some minutes to see what he can do? And what does, uh, how does Ennis fit into the rotation? Let's go to Mackenzie first. Ooh. The thing with Mo, one, he needs to get healthy to start getting minutes. I think that's like first and foremost, like obvious answer. The thing with Mo is that you are now trying to find minutes within Vooch and Kem. And obviously Vooch being who he is, like you're not going to take minutes away from him because he offers so much to our team. And I think Kem has been so strong for us especially on the board with rebounding. He obviously can't hit the perimeter shots the same way Vooch can, but I think looking at his performance last night against Andre Drummond, he can hold his own and is so important to us in this, that second unit defensively. I think Mo will start to see minutes soon now that he's like working his way back. But I think I'm very much, if it's not broke, don't fix it type person personally. And I know there's a huge importance and emphasis on 
getting player minutes to get them better. But if you're winning with what you have, I'm weird about shaking it up if it's working. So I think a lot of it's going to come down to like, unfortunately, like garbage time minutes or unless you start seeing injuries, which I don't want to see injuries. I'll take garbage time minutes if we're winning and you're just like, (laughs) go for it. So that's my, that's my two cents on that one. How's it to Mo? Boys? Anything to add? Right, uh, look, the coaches, Coach Clifford has said that five-on-five practice with the schedule the way it is is proving very, very difficult. It's That makes it very, very difficult to get Mo um, meaningful minutes in practice. It makes it even more difficult for James Ennis as well. Um, Mo got five minutes last night, roughly, when he came on. Mm. Um, Mackenzie's absolutely right. We need... We need some blowout wins so we can get Mo back in and get him fit again. Because he, he clearly has something to offer the team. Um, I know we've said before I'm I'm not his I'm not convinced yet. I'm not convinced by any stretch of the imagination. But he having looked at you know his ability at the rim, uh, particularly on blocking the offense. We we have we have something that we can benefit from with Mo, so it's important to try and get him minutes. But honestly, I don't know how we do it without changing what is at this moment a winning lineup, and I don't like doing that. I I think Ennis is probably going to be the one of the two that's more likely to squeeze into the rotation earlier than Mo at the moment. Um, yeah, like Mackenzie said earlier, I don't think it's worth shaking it up at the moment. It's not worth it. Um, it's tough for Mo because, like I said, there's no practice time basically for him. There's or there's very little of it, um, and he's really he's, instead of trying to compete for Vooch for that starting spot, which is what he was brought in for, he's now got to try and oust uh, Ken Birch now, isn't he? Trying to get him out of that position. I think it'll be situational when we need a little bit more shot blocking on the floor, Mo might see a few minutes here and there, but, and I think he might split time, but he's just going to get, I think he'll be brought along very slowly. There's no rush for him, is there, whilst we're winning games. So keep it as is. He, he's almost hoping um, that somebody gets injured so as he can come back and get minutes. And I don't, I don't mean that in any way against Mo, that he's sitting there thinking, come on, Vooch, get injured. He's not, that's not at all what he, but, in sports, it is a true fact that um, somebody's injury, somebody's misfortune is somebody else's gain. And that's where that's where Mo's going to end up fitting back in easily if somebody goes don't, down with a, a slight injury. Don't say the I word, Paul. Oh, you know I like to so close to the wind, pal. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Well, there's also um, the debate. Would you rather be the player that's playing risking injury or would you rather be the player who's sitting on the bench just stacking money and not getting injured? You've got to play, uh, haven't you? You want to be playing. Yeah. yeah. You want to be <laughs> I yeah. mean, Lord. there are some players who do pretty well for themselves sitting there in a suit. I'm just yeah. saying. Not going to name names, but there are players who do such things. <laughs> <laughs> cool. So, magic trivia time. Mm-hmm. Part of the show where everybody looks forward to. Well, just me. Um, right. So, 
in homage to Mackenzie, who's worked for Orlando City and the Orlando Magic, got some sh- well, two short questions relating to both teams. Okay, so listen carefully. Oh, From no. the cur- no, no, it's, it's all good. It's all good. From the current Magic season against the 2020 Orlando City team, so last year's playoff team, which team has numerically the highest player number on their jersey? So you've got to think who's got the highest jersey number on the Magic, and then you've got to think about Orlando City. Now, I think the boys are going to struggle with this because... Well- so is you this like, know. do we all work this out together or are we like all individually answering? Whichever you like. We, we're collective. We're doing a collective. <laughs> <laughs> so I know, okay. So Cole obviously is 50. Yeah. And then I feel like there's probably one player who's just got a ridiculous number that plays for City. I know, I'm just not up to date on all of their jersey numbers. Like 89 or something silly like that. Let's go City. Going City? That's my stab. I'm going City. because. All right, before we answer it... I'm actually going to go Magic. Yeah? Because why not? Are you doing individually now then, or what? I don't know. I was like working it out collectively. <laughs> <laughs> and I I'm out like, now, shut up on my own. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you a clue. So Anthony's the highest magic player, as you all know. So yeah. you just got to, is there a higher or lower? It's a bit like play your cards right, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm yeah. going City. Yeah, I'm going I'm higher going. as well. Do we get an extra City, point if City. we guess the number right? If you want to, yeah. You got to tell us if we're right first, so, then. <laughs> okay, so Mackenzie's going magic, and the boys I'm are going city. Magic. Okay, the answer is city. Ah. There's a player called Matthias Ayas. What's his number? Ninety-nine. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so City've got the highest higher jersey number, but other than that, uh, Cole Anthony, if you combined all teams together he would be second um right one more uh, again magic against city um so 2020 orlando city's mls regular season against the last completed magic season so 2019-20 which team had the longest unbeaten streak now bear in mind that ties or draws count as an unbeaten game in terms of city um and also bear in mind that Orlando City played a total of 29 games and the Magic played a t- total of 78 regular season games and playoffs. Do they, Does this count the tournament that they played in? Uh, no, this is just MLS regular season. So who's got the longest unbeaten run is the question. Because I was going to say, I know they did good when they were all in the bubble during the summer because they went to the finals. But I don't know if that I don't know if that counts during regular se- as regular season play. I don't think it does. I think it did. I'm going to guess I'm, City again. I'm going against Mikey. I'm going Magic for the because uh, of that running that we had at the end of the season. Okay. I know that's the <laughs> only thing that's throwing me for a loop is the back end of our season. Is I'm yeah. like, ooh, we were really good after All Star break. 
Are we no, talking the 1920 it. season, G? Is that what you're saying? For the no, magic. 18, is it the 18-1, well, G? We went, the playoffs we went to? No. It was last season. Last, last season. season's regular season. Oh, yeah. right. I'm going to go City. There we go. So, with the, with the, the season that finished with the bubble for us, for the magic. Correct. Yes. I misunderstood which season then. Um, I'm changing my mind then. I'm I'm going to I misunderstood the season, mate. I perhaps because we only won the last three games, if I remember rightly, before the hiatus, didn't we? Am I all will be revealed, Mikey? <laughs> Just need Mackenzie's answer. I'm gonna go city again, or no, no, yeah, city. So it's one and one. So magic first, yeah. No, the correct answer was City with a 12-game unbeaten streak between August the 26th, winning six and drawing six before they lost to Inter Miami on October 24th. Orlando's season-high winning streak was five games um, and it spanned the end of the season into the early bubble, um, beating the Wolves, Rockets, Grizzlies, Nets and Kings. So the City, City was the answer. There you go. So See, the give draw yourself. is what throws you off. <laughs> right. Um, so that brings us to the end of the podcast. Um, thank you very much, Mackenzie, for spending time with us. It's been very insightful. I uh, hope you've enjoyed. Yeah, I had a blast. Thank you guys again for having me on. I really appreciate oh, yeah. it. You're more than welcome. And I hope you guys can come back to Orlando soon. <laughs> Yeah, we're hoping that too. We all had uh, trips cancelled literally three days before we were supposed to come out last season. So, um, yeah, we're hoping for it as well. Oh, no. Yeah, hopefully 2021 yeah. back at the Amway Center. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, cool. Nice. So, until next week, thank you and go magic. Go magic. magic. You've been listening to the Penny for Your Thoughts podcast from the guys at Orlando Magic UK. Please subscribe to the podcast available on Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify and YouTube. Check out our website, orlandomagicuk.com, the UK home for fans of the Orlando Magic. And support us by using our links to the official NBA store and Fanatics for your official merchandise, including the NBA, the NFL and many more. Follow us at Orlando Magic UK on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter and YouTube. Go Magic!